game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. To Kane, back to the blue line. Bouchard down the right wing, centering pass, scores! Evander Kane directs it in! And the Oilers cut the Kraken lead to 3 2. Left wing to Nugent Hopkins, into the corner, in front to Kane, scores! Evander Kane has tied it at 3. To Bouchard, he's going to skate to the middle. He'll fake the shot to Hyman. To Kane, scores! Patrick goal! Game winner! Oilers win it 4-3! Drama tonight at Rogers Place. Evander Kane scores with 6.32 left in the third with 45.4 seconds left in the third, with Stuart Skinner pulled for an extra attacker, and then he wins it with 2.03 left in overtime. He's up to seven goals on the season as the Oilers beat the Seattle Kraken 4-3 tonight to win their third in a row. They're up to 5-9-1 on the season. Evander Kane has nine hat tricks in his NHL career, regular season and playoffs combined. Uh, six of them have been with the Edmonton Oilers, and most of his career was uh, not with the Edmonton Oilers, so he's enjoying getting some uh, big bursts here. Uh, two natural hat tricks against Seattle in two <laughs> meetings this year because Zach Hyman had one a few days ago on Saturday night. Well, Rob, uh, far from a perfect game against by the Oilers. I mean, we did see some issues that have plagued them for, uh, for large chunks of this young season already. But as we often say, if you can finish the sentence with saying, but they won, uh, you can leave the building feeling pretty good. Well, the teaching moments over the next few days in video and in practice are going to be much easier to take for the Oilers players because they're in a good mood. Uh, it was not a perfect game. Uh, they were fortunate. There's a big save by Skinner with about oh, four minutes to go in the game, three minutes to go in the game. Big glove save on a turnover in the Oilers zone. Uh, the penalty killers that has not been good most of the season were excellent in this game. A couple big kills in the third period where the Kraken could have salted it away. Uh, but if you give good players enough opportunities, and the Kraken did late in that game, uh, you're going to pay a price. The, the Kraken, it's funny, one of the things that we probably won't talk about, so I'm going to mention it, this game was over, if not for a diving play by Darnell Nurse. Schwartz had the puck at center, was shooting into an empty net. Darnell Nurse dives, and it hits the shaft of his stick. Stays out of the net, allows the Oilers uh, the chance to come back. But it was, uh, it was exciting. It wasn't always pretty. But some of the key things in this game was really good goaltending by Skinner yep. and really good penalty killing allowed the Edmonton Oilers to overcome some, some hiccups and get a, a very important two points. Well, I mean, to me, uh, Stuart Skinner's the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. Don't, don't underestimate what he did tonight. 13 saves in the first period, a big one a minute 12 into the game. I mean, the Oilers could have given up an early goal for the mm -hmm. second straight game. I mean, Seattle played well enough to have a one or two goal lead after the first. Yep. Now, it was 3-1 after two. Could have been 5-1. Skinner was, yep. was busy, and, and you mentioned it. After Kane made it 3-2, a couple of important saves to, to keep it uh, 
within a goal. Uh, did they get a shot in over? I think he did make one save in overtime on the yeah. Yeah, there was the Dunn slapper. Yeah, and then that they almost got. They had a chance on the rebound that was probably better than the shot. But yeah, Skinner. Uh, you know now he's allowed five goals in his last three starts, so we're seeing some good play from from uh, his him as well. Four goals by the Oilers tonight. That's a four hundred dollar donation to six thirty Chad Santa's Anonymous. James H Brown Injury Lawyers. Fill in the net. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give 100 bucks for uh, every Oilers goal. And, you know, we talk about how hockey is, uh, it's not always a fair game. It's, uh, it's a little bouncy puck and you need breaks or two. Vinny DeHarnay, we all love the guy, almost put the puck in his own net. I mean, if that's, if that's an inch further up the ice, it's, it's an own goal. And even though the Oilers were going on the power play, it would have been a three-goal Seattle lead with 16 minutes left. Well, there's not much that I haven't seen in my career, whether playing or watching the Oilers for the last 16 years. But that one brought me out of my seat. And I was like, oh, my. And like, my heart stopped a little bit and I jumped. I'm like, I can't believe that just happened. I know what DeArnay's doing. The bench is yelling at him because he was going to carry the puck. And they say, you know what? Kill the rest. Because the Oilers at that point were shorthanded. They had a delay penalty. So if they can kill off the rest of the penalty that they're shorthanded on, they get a full two-minute power play. So he took the puck back into his own end. He kind of corkscrewed him into the corner. And he didn't want the, the Kraken to touch the puck. So he knew that one of his other players was on the other side. But, I mean, he couldn't have come any closer. To yeah. scoring on himself and that would have been the end of the game so uh sometimes you need bounces and uh, one other play that happened in this game tonight that the seattle kraken coaching staff's not going to be happy with i wouldn't be uh the kraken ha- are about to go on a five on three power play they're on the power play Derek ryan chasing down justin schultz cross checks them the ref had his hand up it's going to be a five on three power play for about 55 seconds they could have salted the game away and i believe it was bjorkstrand yeah. goes in and pushes Ryan down it, it, it was dumb that was just dumb and all of a sudden it's even up and the the crack and lose their chance at a five on three power play and possibly two points in this hockey game well I wondered if Ernie was going to also get five minutes Ernie should have got five minutes and, and uh, probably and sh- probably will get a one game suspension should that was uh, an intent to injure I mean that was an elbow to the head of a unsuspecting player uh, you can't do that. The Oilers, very fortunate, was only two. Good job on the penalty yeah. kill, though. And, and even, I mean, did Dreisaitl set a pick uh, on, well, the, on the tying goal? Off 100% the face he did, but... Yeah. You, Does that always get called? It doesn't always get called, and yeah. you're trying. You're down a goal, you're doing whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, uh, you're, you're, you're daring the referee <laughs> to yeah. call that, and most times they don't want to make that call. Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. Here's head coach Chris Knobloch. Um, I thought I saw a 50-50 game in the first period. I saw a team relax and make a lot of mistakes after we made it one nothing. Um, yeah, it was a very pretty good period, first eight minutes, I believe. And then we scored, and I think the shift after, we created a turnover, or we turned the puck over, and they scored, and just the rest of the period was probably about, or we did everything we didn't want to do. Um, third period, we played with a lot of passion. We worked hard. We won a lot of battles and um, just really worked to score goals. And, um, you know, things have to go well. And some of our guys made some really nice plays to score those goals. But um, I think they, first of all, they, they worked for them. And then they showed their skill. What did you sense from your group when they went down two goals? Um, this team this year, it's been a rough go, and there's, you wonder if maybe there's some of the here-we-go-again type thing that naturally sets in. 
But what did you sense from them when they got down a couple there? Well, I think they're. I'm not sure when exactly they scored that third goal. Um, when we got to down two, but that, like I said, that last 12 minutes of the second period was almost rock bottom in my opinion. I didn't think we played well at all. Um, but in the third period, we just showed a lot of passion and perseverance to stick with it. So obviously not the 60-minute blueprint you're looking for going forward, but, but maybe what's the emotional value of this win beyond the two points, which are, which are crucial as well? I mean, the way this game was heading compared to the way it ended up is pretty significant. Yeah, you, know, you never want... The season's never going to be easy, and there's never going to be no adversity, and um, the more things that you work through and fight through and have success when it's all done, it's just... It's great for team building, guys feel good, and then the next time things are in a difficult situation, they know they can handle it and they know they can do this. So, yeah, and would I have liked us to win 5 nothing? and it would have been easy because we played perfectly? Yes, um, but hopefully the way that we won today makes us a better team in the long run. Um, Stuart Skinner has started the season pretty slowly. Goaltending was one of the issues. Do you kind of see that worm turning a little bit over... I, what I've seen, I've been very impressed. I think he's played really well. Um, I think the chances that we gave up, and he only gave up three tonight, um, I think he played really well. And so that's two games I've seen him play, and been very happy, and obviously we would like him to continue what he's doing. Chris, uh, just back here. Um, I'm just curious about some of the tinkering you did in the top six, I think second period, and maybe touched on it a little in the third too. Can you explain kind of what, what happened there? Um, Mostly just coming out of the penalty kills. Um, you know, you got McDavid sitting there. Um, depending on how long the penalty kills was, where the face-off is, kind of determines how we use Dreisaitl. Um If it's on his strong side, he'll start. If it's somewhere else, then we're going with somebody else. But um, you, you want those guys out there immediately after the penalty kill. Um, and then the only way to do that is if they're playing together. And... I think they scored immediately after one of the penalty kills when they're on a line together, and you're like, all right, there's some excitement, there's some chemistry going, let's build that. And then we kind of played that until the, um, for the rest of the second period, and then we kind of went away from it in the, in the third. wonder about uh, starting overtime with, with two defensemen. Is that something that you feel comfortable with? Is there something that you kind of saw that made you want to try that? What, what goes into Well, you always want to put your best players on, but if you lose the faceoff, you're going to spend about a minute trying to get that puck back. And um, I don't want my two best offensive players having to defend a minute because once you get the puck, um, then most likely they're changing. So what we wanted to do was win the draw and make that switch right away. Chris, what did you, what did you like about your penalty kill tonight specifically? Another strong game. is an area that's been struggling, but uh, what did you like about it? Um... Well, good penalty kills, usually goaltending. Goaltending will usually influence if your penalty kill has success or not. So obviously the goaltending was good. But um, what I saw was a group of guys willing to block shots from our defensemen, our forwards. Um, I think there were some mistakes out there, but I'm seeing a lot of buy-in and commitment to make the play and prevent goals from going in, or at least making it hard for the other team to score goals. Um, I don't know how many block shots we had. We had. I think it was quite a few of them on the penalty kill, and I think that has been the biggest reason. The uh, second period, 
all year, and I know you've only been here for two games, but and even the two games you've been here, you don't have a goal and you've been outscored. Is there anything you're seeing in that long change at all that, that's leading to your, your squad struggling this year? And last year, they were very good in the second period. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's such a small sample size to really see. Um, usually, if you're having troubles in the second period, it's puck management. You're not getting the pucks in deep to get good changes. Um, they counter... Uh, right away, without the, especially hard for the defenseman to get changes. Do I see that we've been guilty of that and we haven't been able to get changes? No, so I don't. I don't have an answer for that. Chris, can you talk to the play Darnell Nurse made? It would have been four-two if he doesn't block that shot. Yes, yeah, the game would have been over. We don't have two points unless he makes that defensive play, and yeah, that's a huge play and Lobbyton. The guys who score the goals get the recognition, and, and they should, but guys who make plays like that um, should also, and that's a, a huge, huge play. So in the overtime, are you just keep rolling two forwards? I mean, Hyman and, and, and Kane don't normally get a lot of work in the overtime because it's always McDavid and Dreisaitl and, and, and Nugent Hopkins for the most part. Well, no, they, yeah. Well, what happened was we started off with two defensemen and a forward. They were out there for about a minute and a half. Obviously, McDavid's going to be the next forward out there. Um, Nugent Hopkins is the next forward. And Drysaddle, after taking a long shift, needed to catch his legs and catch his breath. Um, so we needed two other guys to go out after that, and those are our two that we chose. And... Um, yeah, so, yeah, Kane looked pretty good uh, out there and made it, made, me, uh, made it look like I made a good decision. And, and you beat Dave Haxtall, so his mother will be torn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just happy all the Oilers fans had a good time tonight and enjoyed the win. It seems like a lot of the good momentum-shifting moments that your team has been having, it's kind of in and around that 5 to 10 feet from the net, even the last, you know, during this three-game winning streak here. Are you seeing enough of that consistently from everybody, understanding the importance of being willing to get there? Um, yeah, well, we want to pay the price to score goals, and that's one, um, and prevent them. And usually that comes down to a lot of work around the net, fighting for, um, you know, defensively, getting under sticks and boxing players out. Offensively, you know, beating your guy uh, to, the, to the net and putting yourself in position to score goals. So, you know, if you want to score regularly, that's, those are the things you have to do. And just a big picture thought, maybe, you could apply it to tonight's game, but from a physicality standpoint, what do you like to see from your team? You know, how much do you want to see them finishing checks and playing physical? And what's your thought on that element of the game and what you saw tonight? Um, I want to see our team play physical. Yeah, absolutely. That's an important part of the game. Um, you have players that are definitely going to be hitting more than um, um, others. But it's very important that you're not making hits and putting yourself out of position. There's places on the ice that you definitely want to hit, uh, usually on the forward check, uh, maybe on the, but in the defensive zone, you make a big hit in the defensive zone, you're probably getting yourself out of position. So it's a, it's a fine line of playing physical and playing uh, responsible. Okay. 
Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Dramatic rally by the Oilers tonight. Evander Kane with the natural hat trick. Oilers beat Seattle 4-3. Okay, so he brought it up and obviously we were going to talk about it. They started overtime, the mm-hmm. Oilers did, with Dreisaitl, Bouchard and Ekholm. And his suggestion was, if we win the face-off, we change. Yep. I assume Ekholm would have gone off. Yeah, well, uh, we, we talked upstairs, Bob, and I. That it was obvious that they were trying to win the draw, and as soon as they did, Ekholm would change. He looked at the bench before the, the puck was dropped. Um, it was funny, though. He said that uh, that he, he doesn't. if they lose the draw, then they're going to get tired. Then when they get the puck back, they're going to change. He obviously hasn't seen the others play because Connor and Leon, if they get the puck back, would still stay out there and, and create. Uh, I can see his thought process on it. Um, I I feel I as a uh, someone that's watched them play a long, long time together feel very comfortable starting Leon and Connor and not feeling that even if they lose the draw, but jo- or the draw, it's going to affect them at all. But I can see his reasoning on doing it. Uh, but what it did was it created a bunch of other scenarios on who went on the ice. Yeah, and. We've seen it many times in the past where Connor and Leon will start. If they don't score, someone goes out. Then Connor and Leon come back and usually finish off the, the overtime. Uh, tonight, they had three different units go out. And what it is, it's empowering other players on the team. It's giving them an opportunity to be the hero. Uh, you don't know when, over the course of the season, you're going to need one of them to step up. Well, tonight was Kane's job. Uh, in, in the third period of a comeback, normally when a team like the Oilers are down 3-1 or, or down a couple goals, the comeback is on the back of 97. Well, tonight it, it wasn't. Uh, he wasn't involved in the, the two tying goals, nor was he involved in the overtime goal. Other players stepped up in a big moment tonight. Tonight, Evander Kane. Evan Bouchard, who had one of those games where it's the, you saw the, the, the things that bother fans. He's the one that the, the giveaway early in the, the game. But you also saw what he's capable of doing with the puck on his stick. Keeping the puck in in overtime. Creating that opportunity for Kane and Hyman on the two-on-one. The play that he made to Kane on the goal. That was a wonderful give and go. Kane to Bouchard. Bouchard comes down the board, waits for Kane to get in front of the net. But good on Kane going to that spot. So it was a, a game that the Oilers are going to be happy with because the way they won it, it wasn't because they had a superstar that took it upon himself to win the game. Other players stepped up in big moments. Yeah, Bouchard with three assists tonight. And it, it was, uh, I'll say two things here. It was a common overtime goal because it was an outnumbered situation yep. worth a quick shot where a goalie doesn't have much chance. But it was a different overtime goal in terms of how those guys kept the puck alive because really in three-on-three overtime, you don't see a lot of mucking around. You mm-hmm. don't see a lot of puck battles. I mean, often, so say there's a rebound, puck goes behind the net, the offensive player might swoop in, okay, I'll see if I can tap it away, but if I miss it, I, I got to get back. I mean, Kane and Hyman just kept, I think, wasn't it Hyman had it in his, or I think Kane had it in his feet, yep. was able to almost step on the puck, keep it alive. So that was sort of, a, to me, a, a different-looking lead-up to an overtime goal. Well, it also, they played to their strengths. And there was a play that the puck was at the top of the circle, and it looked like the Kraken were going to get a, a, an odd man break. And Kane, while he was on the ground, kept the puck in his feet so that the Kraken couldn't escape. And eventually, the puck popped out to Bouchard. And at that point, the, the Kraken players on the ice were physically exhausted. And it turned into a two-on-one, and Schultz had no chance at all. As Hyman made a really pretty play, uh, wading out Schultz, getting the puck across, and Kane 
puts it in the back of the net. And it was almost, if you're thinking, you look, oh, here's Hyman and Kane, and you're sitting in your head, okay, this is one of those nights where fate shining on Evander Kane. You know he's going to put the puck in the back of the net, and he made no mistake. So uh, a, a wonderful comeback, an important two points, but I think it can't be lost on the, the way that the Oilers won this. They didn't have to wait on their superstars to do it for them. Rick wins, set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement, bet on it. I set the line, combined points for Dreisaitl, Kane, and Hyman at four and a half. They combined for six. Two assists for Dreisaitl, one assist for Hyman, the three goals for Kane. So it's over. So Rick gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Okay, you're going to hear from uh, Stuart Skinner and Evander Kane, two big parts of this game. We can also connect with you at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Oilers have won three straight. Big comeback tonight, 4-3 over Seattle. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Belmar on the right wing boards lost it. Puck comes free to the middle. It comes across. Tolvin it is shot on a glove save by Skinner as he robs Tolvin in. All right, good work by Stuart Skinner tonight. 33 stops. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Down to the dressing room. Here's Skinner. Stuart, there was kind of a, a sequence there where, you know, felt like the game in a lot of ways was kind of hanging in the balance and you came up with a pretty nice glove save. What did you sort of sense from your group in that moment? Tell us about that save. In the third period? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was... Uh, well, it was able to get the guys going. I mean, the guys were going the whole whole entire period. I just needed to come up with that save, and uh, being able to do that, the guys took over from there. Uh, got a big, huge goal uh, with uh, about five minutes left, and yeah, the guys just did their job, battled hard. We won a lot of puck battles in the third period. That's just a huge, uh, huge thanks to the guys in front of me. What was that talked about after the second? Because you hadn't won a lot of battles in the first 40 minutes. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, it was definitely. It was definitely about us just making sure that we were getting the puck out uh, when we get the puck from uh, on the sides. Um, but you know, the guys, the guys battled hard tonight. Uh, I, I want to say the PK was outstanding, uh, and that's a, that's a huge reason why we won. It must be satisfying, like as a goal, your job's to you know give your team a chance. Maybe if they're not playing great, you got to keep them in and keep them in. This one, you had to keep them in for quite a long time before the goal started to go in. Get a chance to win, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> It's always a nice feeling uh, that you give yourself, that you give your uh, team a chance to win, and that's uh, that's my job, and I'm, I'm going to try to do that every night. You know, you're starting to at three one, are you thinking I might have to make a big save? Like four one might be a little too insurmountable to come back from, or is that go through your mind at all? Uh, I try to just stick to the script. Um, you know, do my job, make every save that I can. Uh, and um, from there, it's it's the guys uh, in front of me that just did a great job uh, being able to battle back. Uh, obviously, if you get down 4-1, it's a little bit tougher to get by. Uh, but, you, you know, again, the guys in front of me, they they stuck to it. Uh, we didn't change anything, even though that we were down two goals. And uh, that's just, that was massive. Did you get a look at the Darren A shot that hit your post? You weren't there to... Oh, 
I I saw it. Yeah, I saw it last second. Uh, I'm curious if it would have counted or not. I'm, I'm like, I think it touched their guy, but who knows? Been <laughs> going. Three games in a row now, three wins. But you personally, uh, you know, that's five goals against under two per game. Where do you feel your game is? Your game now where you want it to be? Uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely improved. Um, it's gotten a lot better, uh, and at the same time, the guys in front of me have been doing just a fantastic job. You know, again, talking about the PK, like we, I don't think we've let in a goal in the last three games, maybe one. Um, I'm not too sure exactly what it is, but I mean that's just that's massive. That that you know being able to do that allows you to win games. So again, just huge credit to the guys in front of me. Yeah, good performance by Stuart Skinner. Oilers beat Seattle 4-3 in overtime. Uh, he was asked a little bit about the PK. Uh, Knobloch touched on it as well. The power play update tonight for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online, conlonmotorsports.ca. Oilers go 0-3, but Seattle goes 0-5. And Knobloch uh, said something that you found interesting. Well, you and I have talked for quite a while about the power or the penalty killing and, and what is ailing in it. And to me, the biggest thing is they're not getting in shooting lanes. And teams are just picking them apart. They're, they're putting pucks on net, battling in the blue paint, getting tips, getting rebounds, or some of them are going straight in because of screams. And if I was to do anything, we talked about who's going to run the penalty kill. We talked about if I was to give any suggestions, get in shooting lanes. And then tonight, Skitter talked about it, and, and Knobloch, uh, he came out right away, and he said, we were blocking shots. And that's something that they hadn't done for, well, probably for a year and a half. And tonight they did. They got in the shooting lanes. And uh, when you get in the shooting lanes, A, you get the blocks, but also it the opposition team doesn't shoot and then they make extra passes and every time you make an extra pass there's that chance that there's a bobble or there's a miss pass and then you can force so the Oilers were very good tonight and penalty killing won them this hockey game because the Kraken had a couple opportunities to extend the lead on their power play which would have put it out of reach for the Oilers. The Oilers farm team in Calgary tonight as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Olivier Rodrigue in goal for this one. He made 37 saves, but the Condors outshot 41-20, and the Wranglers win the game 4-1. Nice win for the Oil Kings tonight, 6-1 in Regina. And around the NHL, Islanders lead the Canucks 3-2 after two. Bo Horvat has scored in that game. Avalanche ring up the Ducks 8-2, and the Flyers win on the road 3-1 over the Hurricanes. All right, we'll go to the Certainteed Hotline. We have Tony standing by. Hi, Tony, go ahead. I have a question for you boys, because honestly, it's been kind of on my mind uh, since I've seen Skinner. How hard is it to, like, do they ever practice rebound control during practice? <laughs> they, they practice, a goaltender will practice rebound control from the time he puts on pads. 100%. He will be practicing that. They have, they'll do it with the goalie coach. They'll do it within practice. Yeah, that's the, one of the number one things that a goaltender will work on. Yeah, I always find it interesting. You see if a team is, uh, you know, under pressure. They, like, if they can, I know it's not always easy, but they'll knife it over the glass yep. or, or try to get a stoppage that way. I mean, Both you can't teams, shoot yep. it over the glass, but you see goalies sometimes, oh, it's a... 
weaker shot. Oh, okay, I'm just going to really mm -hmm. knife my stick out at this one, and, and it'll probably go out. Well, both teams did it a couple times tonight, and yeah. uh, the, the defense appreciated it because usually it's when it, at late in the shift and the goaltender realizes we're under duress. Let's see how I can get the puck out of here. So, yeah, uh, goaltenders, all goaltenders practice rebound control. 4-3, the Oilers win it in overtime. Whenever they get to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. McDavid with a goal in the second period. Seattle got the next three. Evander Kane gets the final three. Uh, nice goal by uh, by McDavid. I mean, he totally had Decord at his mercy oh. there. Uh, that was all on Adam Larson. Um, uh, I love watching him play. And as I said after the second, every every team in the National Hockey League wishes they had Adam Larson or a player like Adam. But that one was a three-on-three. Three and he was the one that was covering Connor McDavid. That was his lane. And he left his lane and went after Leon. And I, Leon, his eyes would have lit up. He said, he's thinking, he said, okay, all I have to do is put it into an empty spot. It could have been anywhere. He probably had a 30-foot spot that he could have put the puck in because there was no one getting McDavid. McDavid went in, and that much time and space for McDavid to do whatever he wanted to court had no chance. It was pretty, but that's one that... <laughs> Adam Larson would like a redo. He wants to push the reset button on that one because he turned a three-on-three three into a breakaway for the, the game's best player. All right. Oilers win it 4-3 in overtime. They are 5-9-1 on the season. Uh, still a lot of work to do, but uh, finally have a decent winning streak going here as we have Jesse on the Certainty Hotline as well. Hi, Jesse. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Um, I, I do have a question at the end here, but just, just bear with me for a quick second. And It, it, it is about Skinner. Um, so on November 2nd, he played against the Stars. He lost. He had an 8.52 save percentage. On November 6th, he played against Canucks. Lost 8.33. Now, the last three games, Kraken on Saturday, 9.44 win. Monday, Islanders, 9.70 win. Wednesday, which is tonight, 9.14 win. So I guess my question is, is since Campbell has been gone, he has really, really stepped up. And is it? A, and I know there's always been the talk, like, they get along, they're best friends. I'm not saying there was any animosity. I'm not trying to get that. I'm just saying, as he looked himself in the air and said, finally, I'm the guy, I need to step up. And one other quick thing. With that said, I know the penalty kill was amazing tonight, and they did everything for him and did all this. But I still doubt the D is, is as good as it should be 5-on-5. Five five. So this, that's why I'm saying even more so, is he even playing better than we're all like, you know what I mean? What, what we're seeing here, like, he's really stepped up. And yeah. You, well, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting question. Um, I don't know, Rob. I, he played pretty good last year. Yeah, a was, lot of times with Jack was second Campbell in rookie of the on year. the team. Yeah. And I would think, I, I understand why Jesse's asking that. I guess we'll, we'll never know. I don't know if Skinner would want to, he's pretty open, but I don't know if he'd want to talk about that. But he... He needed to play better anyway. Even if he was a guy that played 20% of the games, he would probably think, i, I got to start playing better here. I, 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 all players love having um, the relief knowing that you're the guy. It's, it's much easier to play for any position. If I'm a third-line left winger 
and I know that I'm going to be the third line left winger every time I show up to the rink, it's much easier to go out there and feel good about myself than knowing, okay, there's this guy they just called up from the minors, and he's sitting on the bench beside me, and if I mess up, he's going to take my spot. So there probably is something to it. Skinner knows that he's going to get 70% of the games right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that makes him want to play better, but I know that sometimes there's that... Uh, relief that you you can make a mistake and you're not okay if I make a mistake if I have an off game well I'm out and I don't know when I'm going to get the crease back so I thought Campbell uh, and Skinner worked well enough together that it allowed Skinner to have the breakout season he did last year uh, but there is a little more pressure on Stuart Skinner now and he will be tested on this next road trip it'll be interesting to see what they do with their backup goaltender, yeah. at what point he plays. Does Pickard play at some point? I mean, if, if the Oilers right now were safely in a playoff spot, it's much easier to play your backup. But right now the Oilers are playing catch-up, and Stuart Skinner obviously gives them their best chance every night to win hockey games. Just watching the overtime goal, uh, Yanni Gord, who I really like as a player, he must be frustrated, and he's just exhausted. He's exhausted, he and he fell. a couple times. But it also, I mean, he fell, but then they... It became a three-on-two, and the I can't remember who the second player for the crack, and he just goes out at Bouchard and doesn't come back. Now it's a two-on-one. Is that Bernier? Beniers. Beniers, sorry, that might that might have been Beniers, and he I think he's the one that you've got to when you're in a, an outman situation, you can't force something. And poor Schultz is back there. He's like, seriously, I'm dead tired, and you're leaving me two-on-one down low. But yeah, Gord falls, and then he goes to stand up, and he would have been fine. But when he stood up, he fell, and he's absolutely dead. It was funny. Before that shift, there was a face-off in the zone, and Gord went to the bench. Like, he was, he was ready to change, and the coach sent him back out there. And he turned around and came back out. But he was tired before the shift started, and then just got fatigued. Three-on-three is hard, yeah. especially when you're chasing, and the Kraken were chasing that entire shift. All right, Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime. You'll hear from the uh, hat-trick hero tonight, Evander Kane. We'll get to a couple more of your phone calls as well. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. To Bouchard. He's going to skate to the middle. He'll fake the shot to Hyman. To Kane. Scores! Patrick goal. Game winner. Oilers win it. 4-3. Cam Moon all over that call as the Oilers get their third consecutive victory thanks to three consecutive goals by this guy, Evander Kane. So maybe not uh, your best stuff through 40, but how, how much does it come from behind when maybe help this group right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously going into a long road trip here um, to get a couple wins finally at home in a row is nice. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we've come back before down uh, going into the third period. It was nice to be able to do that uh, for the first time this year. You had a natural hat trick uh, before? I have, yes. Yeah. And second time? Or? Third? I don't want to Any, touch. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe third? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's going to take some magic for a team that was in 31st place to climb all the way back, right? Yeah. Is that what some of this is? Whether you deserve it or not, you're walking over two points. Yeah, I mean, 
again, I'm kind of beating a dead horse. I think our our play was better than our record was um, prior to, but at the same time, we were giving up way too much, and and uh, the pucks weren't going to the net. And I think, obviously, these last couple of games, we've we've had big third periods, and uh, they've propelled us to wins. And um, I think we're starting to find uh, our groove a little bit here. So the emotional difference between where this game was headed and where it ended up was was pretty massive. How important is it to the guys in this room that you come out of here with? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it in the second intermission. Um, you know, we got to create some energy. We got to flick the switch, and um, I thought we did a pretty good job. We got in a little penalty trouble uh, in that first half of the third period, and our penalty trouble did a great job. Stu was big, uh, made the saves he had to, and um, you know, Nursey saving that empty net goal off the face off there was a huge play, obviously, uh, to to help us uh, win the game. So that was a great play. Big picture, Vander. I mean, you you've talked before about you know when. Your teammates play physical or the group plays physical, how that can sort of you know, lead to good things for you guys. Yeah. Where do you think this group is at in terms of kind of that overall battle level and physicality level that you know needs to be there to Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it can obviously improve greatly. Uh, you know, I think we all know that in this room. I think um, that's only going to lead to uh, more scoring opportunities for us uh, when you get all 20 guys playing that way. Um, I think some of the goals we gave up, uh, you know, we could have been a little harder, a little firmer. But uh, as I said, I think we did a good job of not being deterred um, and, and, and not having a letdown going to the third period after that second and pushing uh, to get a victory. You have a group where maybe not as many guys have that in their game by nature. Is it incumbent on everybody to try and find more of that, even if it's maybe not what their bread and butter is? I, I think uh, everybody has to find a way to contribute uh, in a positive way uh, to the game, uh, whichever way that is. And I think, you know, if you get more guys doing that uh, on a consistent basis, you're going to have success. And you know, the last two games, so we, you know, we've made some mistakes, but um, I thought I thought guys have been doing a good job uh, for the most part of bringing uh, a positive influence to the game, and we've had some success. The guys that are getting it done though are like five feet from the net, guys. It would seem here recently. I mean that's that's where we have to score goals right now. Um, you know, we, I think a lot of our goals are coming from around the net, uh, as you mentioned, and um, guys are going there. And, and when we put pucks there, um, it makes it uh, more important to go there, and, and it, it creates guys uh, wanting to go there when pucks are going to the net. So you, you you were saying you know your play was better than the record, and that the numbers like prove that. Uh, you know, you, the RNA hits the post, you get the late goals, Skinner makes the save. Is those those are the kind of things that you needed to fall your way the last little while. Yeah, uh, you know, when you keep working and you stick with it, um, as I think our entire group has done, uh, the bounces and, and, the, and the chances and the finish will eventually come. And, um, you know, we've seen a little bit of that, obviously. Uh, guys are making some really good plays out there. And, um, you know, we had a little bit of finish in the third. Well, Kane did. Uh, <laughs> but, That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, well, they, I mean, give him credit. They kept pushing. And he, I wanted to, we should talk about his first goal, the one that made it 3-2, because that's the same type of play Gagne set up for against Dallas, mm-hmm. where he, he, I think it just hit the goalie. And that one, Bouchard, quick snap inside, and Bouchard, and Kane's just standing there with a stick on yeah, the ice. Yeah, but if you, you look where Bouchard, or where Kane started, Kane was the guy in the, down below the goal line. He's the one that passed it to Bouchard, and as soon as he passed it, he took off, went to the front of the net, and that's huge. Uh, not all players do that. A lot of players will stay in the corner and it's like, okay, I gave it to you, now maybe give it back to me in the corner. Kane knows exactly where to go, and uh, it's a great example for other players who aren't putting the puck in the net. Watch where Kane went. 
Watch where Hyman went. Those guys score their puck from about five feet out every time. And they're there a lot. It's not like they just went there those three times tonight right. for Kane or those four times for the last time or for the last four goals Hyman scored. They're there all the time. You're not always rewarded, but you're going to be rewarded more than if you stand on the perimeter. 4-3 Oilers win in overtime. We have Drew calling in this evening. Hey, Drew, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good. Nice. Um, so a lot of talk's been about like uh, our zone defense, our um, every position that has changed. But I'm I'm more concerned about actual personnel in the corner, just like rolling in, not knowing to do what with the puck. Should I go left? Should I go right? Should I go drop back? And then when they do do that decision, they like as I say, they break out of the zone. And instead of, you know, the quick chip up to the guy, it's a cross blue line pass or breaking into the zone. It's a quick drop back where there should be a chip in and two guys should be rolling. And it's just, it seems more like personal puck decisions rather than, you know, the whole team zone. And then the whole zone. So you're basically saying just get it to the next zone as quickly as possible sort of thing. Well, kind of, but, like, I'm talking about, like, actual just personal puck decision. Each player is almost gripping their stick so tight that it's just that play that's supposed to happen doesn't, and then they freak out and they do something else. Yeah. Well, puck management's one of the things that we talked about for the Oilers in the second period. They weren't very good with it. No, I don't, I don't know a lot of if it's all on gripping the stick too tight. Some players are better at it than others. Some players don't see the game as quickly as others. Uh, there's, I think too much was made earlier this year about zone defense and not zone defense. The Oilers are playing the exact same defense as they did before when they were giving up all those chances. So they're just playing smarter, and that's what they need to do. And when the Oilers play smart, they're an effective hockey club. When they don't, the other teams get grade-A scoring chances, and the Oilers pay for it. Okay, let's get to a couple more calls here before the uh, news guys. Uh, Lion, go ahead. Hey, thank you for my call. Um, I feel like it's my my my, my birthday here. <laughs> oh, happy birthday! <laughs> um, but uh, no, um, Rob, you are a professor of hockey. Just if it wasn't in the game, just listening to you, it's amazing. Well, I I'm appreciate blind. it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, being blind, I finally found the passion back through listening to hockey. Um, it's 20 years, and my heart was broken when Patrick Roy uh, took off to Colorado with his <laughs> drum exact. But uh, I, since a little boy, was always a fan of Edmonton Oilers, and I really loved last year. I'm learning about Connor McDavid. To me, he's like a Guy Lafleur. <laughs> um, but tonight's game, I, I know it was it was brutal. You know, San Jose was, was a joke, but um, that's life. We're human. And uh, you guys make it very interesting. But I'm really loving the last uh, wins. Vancouver was 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 horrible, but you know, um, it's it's from back to front to left to right. And just like Kane said, um, I really loved him talking like a captain, saying that we're working as a group, and it's showing. It's it's really showing that it, you're not expecting who's going to score, but they are playing together, and that's what I'm really enjoying watching my Edmonton playing hockey. And thank you to you guys for doing a wonderful show. 
Well, thanks, Lion. We really appreciate that call. That's that's very, that is very nice. That's very touching. We appreciate that call for sure. And yeah, fun one, uh, fun rally tonight for the Oilers to get the four-three win. We'll uh, get to Harley. Harley, I'm, we're a little tight here, so if you can do uh, do it rapidly, uh, I'll love you for that. Uh, just two thoughts, guys. Uh, Skinner to me looks a lot more calm in the net the last few games here just uh, is not overdoing it and I think that was part of his uh, problem to begin the year uh, two I don't think that uh, anybody has acknowledged that fourth line with about 11 minutes left in the game uh, to me that was the turning point in the whole game they hemmed uh, Seattle in like that whole shift and to me that was like the momentum shift in the entire thing and just final thought is uh, D right I, I think they need to move the puck a little bit quicker out of their own end but I uh, love the show guys yep you're absolutely right I think that's things they're going to work on here in the future okay we got to uh, hand it over to Thomas Dias with news our next game broadcast presented by the butcher shop at Friesen Brothers is Saturday 12:30 faceoff show game at two Oilers at Lightning as they start a four game road trip. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Kellen Kennedy for their work behind the scenes tonight. Thanks to Brendan Escott for his work filing the post game reports. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been live in Studio 99. Oilers win at 4-3 in overtime. Kane a natural hat trick. You've been listening to Heartland Ford overtime open line. Have a good night.